Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. The show that will not only help you survive your first year, but thrive in your first year. Uh, my name is Melissa Grimm. I'm going to bring on my co-host, Russ Morgan. How you doing today, Hello. Uh, better than you are, I think. <laughs> I know. I'm all right. I got over it, you know. Uh, what he's yeah. talking about is I just got parked for the night, and uh, it, it was a, it was a lovely little experience, and it falls right in with what we were going to talk about tonight was parking. So there is a uh, Dollar General DC like like a quarter mile, if that, maybe not even a quarter mile down the road from this small Flying J. So I knew I was going to be there late. So being a responsible driver and trip planner, I reserved myself a space because this is a small pilot. I know it's going to fill up. I got here about 7 o'clock. Of course it was full. I mean, it's full, It's full, and they got, they got guys parked around the perimeter. And I roll in, getting ready to park into my reserved space, and there is three, not one, not two, but three side by side on the curb. How? Oh, right across from the reserved parking room. Now, I'm not the greatest backer, but I think even you, Russ, would have trouble getting into a space with three trucks parked across from the row that you were trying to park into. There was like a lane and a half of room from the um, reserve parking row to the uh, to where that first truck was parked. So, I mean, I suppose I could have been a little nicer, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like sometimes if you act like a moron, you ought to be treated like a moron. Um, I mean, it depends on how my day is going. But I've had a long day. So I rolled up to the guy, and I said to him, not very nicely, I need to park in that space back there. I'm going to need you to move. So he just gives me this, you know, he just he looks at me with this dumb look and um, <laughs> gets out of his truck, comes up to me and says, what? I said, I need to park in that space right there. I need you to move. He goes, okay, I'll move. Why are you yelling? I don't even want to get started on why I'm yelling. Can you please just move your truck? So, yeah, um, that is unfortunately very common uh, out here, having to deal with stuff like that. Uh, A lot of the times I'm a lot nicer than that, but I've had a long day. So I wasn't very nice tonight, but whatever, it worked. He moved. So I got into my space, but, yeah, parking, it's, uh, it's dramatic sometimes. Well, you know, that brings up my point. I started this a few weeks ago on one of the podcasts, and we got cut off. Um, you know, the paid parking. You know, I hear people, you know, raising hell that, you know, the, the truck stop shouldn't be charging for parking and what have you. Matter of fact, I got uh, – I like I was telling this story. I got, I got into an argument with a buddy of mine, um, you know, overpaid parking, and – 
He said, well, it's a public lot. You know, they shouldn't be charging to pay for it. And I said, oh, no, it's a private lot. Uh, you know, Pilot Flying J or Loves or the mom and pop truck stop or whatever, they own that. Uh, you know, and they allow us to park there. And if they want to charge for us to park there, they have every right to charge for us to park there. And, of course, he went on raising hell and so on and so forth. And uh, I finally said, all right. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I want to invite six of my buddies, and we're going to come park our trucks in your yard. He's like, well, you can't do that. I said, well, why can't I? You know, I said, it's absolutely no different. Whether you know, you're, you're parking on private property, and you know, if they want to charge to park, then they can charge to park. And I, personally, I love the reserve parking just like you use it tonight. You know, every now and then I'll book a load where I run late, and I know I'm not going to be able to park somewhere. Well, if I have a reserve spot, you know, I got a place to park, even if I show up at midnight or or whatever time it is in the morning. And um, um, well, Becky's had this happen several times. She showed up, and somebody be, you know, everything's full. And she had already paid for a spot. Well, then, you know, then the truck stop has to come out and figure out who's not supposed to be there and make somebody move. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i sorry, you know, you need to trip plan ahead and have a spot reserved. I may reserve, reserve a spot a couple of days in advance. That way I know I've got that spot to park. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that brings up uh, your point, you know. Trucks stacked two and three deep, um, you know, where you can't get in and out of a parking spot. Um, it, it's absolutely ridiculous, and there's a lot of truck stops now that if that are putting an end to that. Uh, you go in there and you're parked where you're not supposed to be. They're going to tell you to move, and uh, either move or be towed. And they don't care if you're out of hours or not. Uh, move or be towed. Uh, matter of fact, I was By coming way, out of the shop the other day. Go ahead. Let me just let me just say that it's not because the reserve spaces are sold out. The reason they're parked on the curb is because they're just too cheap to pay twelve dollars for a space. There are currently, as I sit here, five reserve spaces available, even though they're triple, double, and triple parked on the curb. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, now, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about that. <laughs> oh, I, but yeah. I, you know, it's it's ridiculous to be double and triple parked out there. You know, I was trying to come out of the shop the other day, and um, the mechanic opened the door and he turned around and looked, and then I happened to realize what he's looking at. I can't I can't get out of the shop bay. I can't make the corner. I can't make the turn. They were stacked. Uh, it was either three or four deep right there in front of the scale. Well, the scale was right across from the shop, and there was plenty of room to come out. He had to go over there and make the trucks move before I could even get out of the shop. You know, I, it's ridiculous, and it wouldn't kill some of these drivers. I mean, I've seen them. You've seen them. Everybody's seen them. It wouldn't kill some of these drivers uh, to walk a little bit. Uh, you, you know, they're all piled up right there on the scale. And this this was a busy lot, but you know what? There was plenty of parking. There was, I, I mean, when I went and checked into the shop over there, I went, I found a parking spot. I walked over to the shop, did my business, walked back to the truck, pulled into the shop, got everything done, and then couldn't leave, you know, until we started making trucks move. Uh, it, I mean, it's 
absolutely ridiculous to you know to get in there and park like that. It's you know. It just um, uh, to me, there's no excuse for it. I, to me, it's 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 laziness. It's complete laziness. If mm-hmm. you're going to go and you know and block that, and that, they don't even take that into consideration that you know where you're parked, somebody may not be able to get out. And I, I have woke people up at four o'clock in the morning because I had to get out, and you're blocking me. I can't make the turn. Yep. I can't come out of the hole. And let me tell you what, I will beat on your door, and if you don't come to the door, I will go get staff, and we will beat on your door. And, uh, you know, eventually they'll, they'll tell you. Um, you know, if you know if they can't get anybody to come to the door, they will tow the truck out of the way. Um, matter of fact, I was at a, um, a Fly J one night and um, in a reserve spot, and Two guys came in that had reserve spots, and they couldn't find the drivers for the truck. They called a tow truck. Uh, luckily for the drivers, they were inside eating dinner, sitting down eating dinner, and they decided to come back. And they got back to their trucks before the tow truck showed up and moved them. But the tow truck was on its way. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. a lot of these truck stops are not kidding anymore. Uh, so, you know, do your pre, you know, do your uh, trip plan. Um, and that's, this is something that Melissa yells at me all the time about. We have good-natured arguments about it pretty regularly. She's like, where are you going to stop tonight? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. You know, I'll tell her when, I'm, when I pull the brakes when I'm going to stop, you know, uh, or where am I going to stop? Well, I don't know. Well, I have the uh, – you know, I, I run the same general area all the time. So I know the little out-of-the-way mom-and-pop places that I can get into uh, – you know, to park. The only time I have something set in stone as to where I'm going to park is when I when I pay for a spot. Because usually I have about three places in mind where I know that one of those places I'm going to get a spot. So, but so do I sit down and know? Okay, look, I'm driving. I well, like Melissa, she's like, okay, I'm driving 300 miles today. I'm going to this truck stop. Well, I may decide. You know, I'm going to do three or four hundred miles today, or or whatever. And I've got these three areas here that I'm, you know, that I'm going to look at. If I get tired before that, I'll pull into one of them, or maybe I'm going to go all the way to the last one. But I do know where I'm going. Do I have it set in stone? No, but I do have a, a plan in my head. That way, I don't have to park on the curb or park on the side of the road or whatever. Right. Have, have I, I read about parking enough? <laughs> Yeah. No, but I take advantage of that knowledge, too, because I am not as familiar with finding truck stops to uh, park in, because I'm actually not used to taking a 10-hour break sitting still, because I used to drive team. I spent the entire first part of my career driving team. So when I was taking my 10-hour break, the truck was rolling down the road. Um, So when I have to find a place to park and take my 10-hour break, and I'm not familiar with the area, I'll call Ross and be like, okay, where can I park? And he'll be like, "Oh, well, there's this place there, there's that place, that place there." So it's it's, it's very nice. It's good. To, it's it's good to know people. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, it, it is nice to have that advantage. That you know, I mean, you know, I have about four states that I run consistently, and four, about four and a half really uh, that I run pretty much all the time. And I, you know, at almost any given time, I can give you uh, a decent idea of uh, you know of where to park. Um. So yeah, that's that is nice. Like I By said, I don't way, have to sit down and go. Okay, go ahead. I know. 
I don't know Please. what was going on in Cincinnati this morning, but I was rolling out of Cincinnati this morning at about 11 a.m., and this giant pilot it must have had at least 250 spaces. It was practically full. Sometimes weird stuff like that happens. It's not, it's not like, common, but when you see it, you're like, whoa, what is going on today? But, yeah, oh, that's, the that's the one I sent you to. Worry about it. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I, I sent you to I this morning, to right? The rest area. Yeah. Right. It was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you anyway, know that McDonald's that's um, right next to that one's not too bad, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, we got uh, Dale Howard in Alberta. He wants to jump in on the parking debate, of course. Bring Dale on. All righty. Hi, Dale. You're on here. Melissa, how the heck are you doing tonight? I am fantastic. I'm yelling at truck drivers. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's all good. Big breath. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it is getting tougher and tougher out there and, and yeah, I can't agree with you enough that yeah, you just have to plan and uh I'm kinda lucky I, I'm a creature of habit, I run the same lane so I know where I can hide and and uh where spots are, but I have no problem paying for a parking spot. Uh for anybody that's uh, been out on the west coast can you imagine what the property taxes are that the Petro and the TA in Ontario, California pay on that little piece of real estate that they allow us to park on? So, you know what? I have no qualms, you know, parking for a parking or paying for a parking spot because I know it's going to be there. And uh, the TA has got the best system because uh, you can reserve, you know, ahead of time. So, like anybody that's going out to uh, the West Coast, you know, Seattle, Portland, you know, if I know I'm going to be in there Tuesday night and it's Friday, I've already got my parking spot booked. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And just to throw that out there, with parking getting as tight as it is, if you see somebody struggling to get into a parking spot, for gosh sakes, help them out. Don't whip out your phone and get ready to film the accident so you can post it on the Twisted Trucker site. You know, put your phone in your pocket and walk over and ask if they need a hand getting into that parking spot. And that way nobody has to trade paint and there's no paperwork and everybody has a good day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, i tell you what I did. I, uh, I had a paid spot one night, and it's a little bitty tight truck stop. I mean, you almost need a crowbar and an axle grease to park a truck anyway. Well, it was uh, it was late. It was late. I was tired. I was trying. I got set up on the hole. I'm trying to back in the hole, and I see a guy walking across the parking lot. I jumped out. I've got two GMRS radios. I'm a ham radio operator, but I, I've got some GMRS radios in the truck. I handed him one, and I said, would you stand in this hole and just – holler at me on the radio and help guide me in the hole. And he you know, he had no problems doing that. But he stood, you know, he stood back in the hole where he could see my back end and was you know, I listened to him and you know, and I got right in the hole. Oh yeah. And it's you know, uh, that's that's just it. You know, it's late at night, we've all had a long day and and if we've had a bad day like Melissa had today, it's yeah, we're just not on our game. And you know, that's when that's when shit happens. So if you see somebody struggling, get out there and help out. I was in Salinas oh, about a month ago, and it's it's a busy produce shed, that, and you got to back in 
to the uh, parking area on an angle, and there's a guy trying to back into a spot. And the guy, one truck beside him, all he could do was sit in his truck because he was too fat and lazy to get out of it, I guess. Sit there and lay on the horn every time this guy got close to his truck. Well, he's going to hit your truck. So drag your fat, lazy carcass out of your truck, let go of the horn cord, and help the guy out. So, you know, rather than go check in, I turned around and helped the guy get back into his parking spot, and, you know, nothing got hit, and, you know, that's the way it should be. So, yeah, don't be afraid to help a guy out. Yeah, I actually, I didn't have a bad day today. I just had a long day. I started my day at 7, ended my day at 7, so it was a 12-hour day, and I didn't really have any, well, other than a half-hour break. I didn't have any, you know, breaks in there. But actually, I had a really good day. I, my backing today was just right on par. Every single spot in Doctor uh, that I hit today was just, bam, right in the hole. Uh, I was just tired, you know, it was a 12-hour day. But my day was actually Oh, good. yeah. Oh, well, that's good. But yeah, you know it's uh, yeah when we're when we're parking at the end of the day it's it's you know that's when fenders get rubbed and mirrors get knocked off and yeah it's just a lot of aggravation a guy doesn't need so don't be afraid to help somebody out and and yeah for gosh sakes planning is everything and the beauty of Google Maps is you can punch in a truck stop and you can have a look at the aerial view and you know the day before you're going to get there. You can tell that wow, this place at two o'clock in the afternoon is just jammed. So, guess I best be paying the fifteen bucks, and that spot's going to be sitting there waiting for me. Mhm. Yeah, that's actually a great segue into something I wanted to talk about. We've uh, covered it before, but the apps that are real helpful to truck drivers. Uh, if you if you want to stay on Dale, you can. Otherwise, I can put you back on on hold. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. I just. Uh, wanted to chime in there and give you my two cents and just uh, everybody stay safe and stay compliant and uh, we'll uh, look forward to uh, talking with you next month. Hey, Dale, before right. you go, Thanks I'm going to... Oh, okay. Hey, before yep, you yep. go, I bet five bucks you're going to hit one again as soon as Becky starts her <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to chime back gonna... in, Dale. Okay. Yeah, it's right up your alley, so, yeah, so. <laughs> Finger is Okay, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that here in just a minute. I just wanted to talk about some of the apps. They'll mention Google. That's that's a really good one. Another one, if you want to look, uh, have an easier time finding the truck stops, uh, and also get a satellite view, would be uh, Trucker Path. Trucker Path has the majority of truck stops, rest areas, way stations, Walmarts, uh, I mean, I've even seen Wawa's, and gosh, I even saw a PNG drop lot bullpen on there one time. Um, they have a, a bullpen for their people waiting to uh, check in, and they don't really police it, so you can just roll in and park there. But anyways, yeah, Trucker Path, uh, that's an app that you want to download. And uh, you can find truck stops, uh, see, how, see how many parking spaces they have, get a satellite view, um, and uh, also get reports on how full or not full the the lot is uh, at any given time. And then there's also uh, the My Pilot app uh, that'll give you all the pilots and flying J's uh, in the country. And they also have number of spaces and 
uh, reserve spaces available. And then my favorite app is I don't really park at T.A.'s at Petros a whole lot because I don't really fuel there because I get my biggest discount right now at Pilot and Flying J. But I love their parking app. You bring up the T.A. Petro app, you select the location that you're interested in, and it will show you in real time the number of regular parking spaces that are there, the number that are available, the number of reserve spaces that they have, and the number that are available. So I can watch the parking spaces at a particular truck stop that I am interested in, TA or Petro. Um, they're the only ones that do this right now. And see if I need to reserve a space so I, don't, so I don't unnecessarily spend the 15 bucks, you know? So if there are spaces that stay available, I'm not going to reserve a space. I'm just going to roll in a park. But if it starts to fill up, oh, I'm going to reserve a space, and I'm good to go, and I got parking for the night. That is my favorite uh, truck stop app. Uh, and I know, Rush, you have a favorite app that you like to use, not for parking, but it's a good app. Yeah, yeah. Um, back, I um, uh, got introduced to it here uh, several months ago, but well, back when the uh, hurricane uh, kicked the crap out of Houston, uh, we were down there doing search and rescue, and uh, that's what everybody was using to locate uh, houses and what have you, but it's called Waze. Um, and it uses... Uh, all the users actually make reports of um i mean uh it's you know it's told me that there's a pothole in the road it's told me that there's a foreign object in the road uh it'll tell me that there's a car sometimes it may be a car or a truck but it'll tell me that there's a vehicle sitting on the side of the road uh an animal uh it an animal animals on the side of the road it it's told me that the police are sitting on the side of the road uh it you know tells me if there's an accident uh it will help route me around the accidents and so far it's been really good it kind of um i don't know if it learns your driving habits or what i don't know i haven't researched it a whole lot but um anytime i've actually used it to help get around something um it has never put me on something that was truck restricted now it's wanted me to go down a road that i didn't want to turn on because it's too tight but so far it hasn't put me on anything that's truck restricted um but now it is not a truck app. It is designed for cars. Um, so I, there's a very good chance that you know it could you could be facing a, a load zone bridge or a low bridge, um, you know, or a truck restricted route. Um, but I don't know how many times uh, you know I've had it sitting there running along with my regular navigation for the truck, and all of a sudden I get a warning uh, that there's been an accident or whatever and it'll offer a suggested reroute and so far it's worked out really really well now i know that they've got uh, some expensive gps's and the stuff like that designed for trucks that that do the same thing uh but this is a free app and uh like mm -hmm. i said so far it's it, it you know it's it's done an absolutely awesome job so but yeah it's ways w-a-z-e i believe is how it's spelled Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the only other thing that I would mention with it, the only bad part, is if you leave it running, so it'll tell you what's coming up, you know, along your path, it will suck the life right out of your cell phone battery, so you're going to have to leave it plugged in. Yes, yeah, it it, it does. It, it does drain the crap out of the cell phone battery. Absolutely. Yeah. But other than that, um, yeah. it's... 
yeah, yeah, it's it, it's absolutely been awesome with reports. And like I said, I couldn't believe when it said pothole reported ahead, and sure enough, you know, there was yeah. something that was, uh, you know, big nasty pothole was was right there. So, or you know, foreign yeah. object in the road or something like that. So, yeah, it's been pretty good. Right. Yeah, that's great for a free app. I would just be careful when it's you know routing you around something. Make sure that it's not um, a truck restricted route. Um, you know, um, I know it's hard to check while you're driving down the road, which is why I would recommend um, a truck GPS. I have a truck GPS. Um, it's the Garmin uh, Diesel. It's the newest one that just came out, the little thin one with the dash cam uh, built into it. It was like 450. Uh, I think it's well, well worth the money because it's got the truck routing, um, it's got the dash cam, and it also picks up traffic reports, and it will also route you around traffic on truck-friendly roads. I actually got the chance to try it in L.A. Oh, dear God, help me. I was driving in L.A. during rush hour. You know, somebody, yeah. But anyways, I was driving in L.A. during rush hour, and uh, it was trying to route me around the traffic, and it was pretty good. It took me down off the interstate, down on some surface streets, and I got by a lot of the backup on the interstate, got back up on the interstate. Got going probably, uh, who knows, a little bit faster, but it, it kind of felt nice to roll down the road instead of, you know, riding my brake down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, since you mentioned dash cam, uh, it kind of segues into what, uh, something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, Having a dash cam in the truck, um, Dale might want to weigh in on some of this. Matter of fact, I think we've even talked about this before. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, I run a dash cam in the truck. I know you have one in the truck. Um, you know, Stephen does. I, I know a bunch of people that have them in the truck. Matter of fact, I know some company guys, or some guys on the company side of where we're leased to. Uh, one guy has a very elaborate system that he put in. Um, in his company truck, and it actually saved his job. Um, he uh, he was running down the interstate and uh, couldn't move over, and a car was coming up the uh, the ramp to get on the interstate. Anyway, there was Jersey barriers on the ramp, and he he had nowhere to go. The truck had nowhere to go. The car came right up next to him. Well, anyway, needless to say, the car bounced off the trailer, bounced off the Jersey barriers, off the trailer, off the Jersey barriers. Well, like I said, this guy had a very elaborate camera system in a company truck. And uh, he had cameras uh, on the mirrors facing backwards, and he, uh, you know, he had the whole thing on video. Uh, well, the driver uh, was telling the police, you know, the truck ran all over me, and he asked the police officer, said, "Would you like to come see the video?" So, um, you know, of course, he sent it into the company and what have you, and uh, you know, but it, it protected him. Now. <clears throat> um, there's, I've heard a couple of schools of thought on this uh, as to whether to keep your mouth shut and hand it over, uh, hand that video over to an attorney, especially you know, something like that. I would have probably done did what he did, but if you're in a you know severe accident, uh, you know keep your mouth shut and hand the camera over to the attorney, or whether you say something. Um, uh, I think it was a bad accident. I would probably keep my mouth shut and hand my. Uh, video over to the attorney um not sure about all the legalities of you know how that goes but uh anyway you know it's 
everybody should, and this is, of course, my opinion. I think everybody should be running them. Uh, you know, even if it's just one facing out the dash. Um, mine, I've got a, uh, I think mine's a Garmin 20. Um, it's that one's been around a while. It still has really, really good video quality, even at night. Uh, it it gives my speed. It's got a G sensor, a G shock sensor in it, uh, and gives a map of my location. Um, you know, if anything happens. Um, and that one, I don't know. I guess when we bought it, they were, it was probably two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars. Uh, you can get a decent one now for you know seventy, eighty bucks. I was matter of fact, I was just looking them up before we started this, and you know they range anywhere between seventy, eighty, seventy to eighty dollars to over seven hundred dollars um, for you know a very, very uh, elaborate camera system. Um, but you know when it comes to your job and your CDL. Um, you know, that camera can be, um, you know, the difference between you being employed and you being unemployed. Um, so, I mean, I highly, highly recommend that everybody have one in the truck. They're, yeah. you know, we have a big target. Yeah, we have a big target on us. You know, everybody wants that insurance money. Right. Know these, you know, most most of the truck companies got a deep pocket. Go ahead, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, I'd be careful with the 70 and $80 ones. Make sure you read the reviews. Because I picked up a few of those, and they just—they weren't really worth the money. They would last about a month, and then um, uh, they would break for some reason or another. Couldn't take the vibration. The sun would overheat it. So Gruss's is really good. It's lasted a long time. Uh, I have the the Garmin uh, diesel. It does all the same stuff. It has a G sensor. It shows speed, time, GPS position, has a map right next to the video showing you where you are. So that's that's a good one. Those are two that I can recommend. And Dale wants to jump in on the camera thing, so I'm going to bring him on. Hi, Dale. Yes, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll jump into that uh, for just a second. Uh, I, put, uh, I put a camera in my truck. They're kind of a two-edged sword. Um, you know, certainly if you're right, they will either save you or hang you. So if you're an aggressive driver and you have poor driving habits, you probably don't want a camera. If you're a responsible driver and do your best, absolutely the camera is invaluable. And uh, Russ, just to touch on something, don't be afraid to give that to the police. Because uh, what will happen if if you hang on to it and it goes to court, now it turns into continuity. Uh, who had access to it? Did you have it in your possession all the time? Could somebody else have had access to it? Uh, whereas if law enforcement gets it, it gets treated as evidence and is handled as such and uh, is admissible in court with you know, not much fuss. Right. See, well, uh, you know, and I figured you might weigh in on this too. Uh, you know, that's why I wanted to say, uh, you know, I, I've heard two schools of thought on this. So that's, but yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I'm not above handing it to the, you know, to police at all. Yeah, and so, that way, if it, uh, you know, if it is a real ugly accident, and there's going to be, you know, if there's a fatality, or it looks like it's going to turn into a fatality, absolutely give. 
give the camera to law enforcement. They're going to book that in as an exhibit, and uh, it'll be handled accordingly, um, you know, until the uh, until the outcome. Because yeah, if you hang on to it, then it turns into tainted evidence, and it's it makes it harder to uh, to get it admitted. Right. Right. <clears throat> But yeah, they uh, they are uh, they are great. Uh, I was one of the uh, guinea pigs uh, on the job that uh, had a, uh, a camera system installed in my patrol unit, and uh, yeah, I had no qualms using that at all. And it uh, you know that uh, that was great for uh, you know going into trials and you write somebody for a stop sign ticket, I stopped at the stop sign. Well, come on back to my pickup and we'll pull that up on the screen and you tell me where you stopped and I'll quit writing the ticket. So, no, they're uh, they're a great tool. Yeah, opposite oh, of that, Dale, uh, I, got, I got pulled over uh, in Nebraska and I had no idea why I was getting pulled over. It's like, okay, maybe he wants to do a level one. I don't know. So I pull over. He comes up to the uh, door. He was wearing the, the eyeglasses camera, um, but that's not the camera I'm going to be talking about. He said that somebody called in and said that I was weaving all over the road. Obviously, he identified oh, yeah. the wrong truck because I was like, okay, I was not weaving all over the road, but I would be happy to show you my dash cam footage of the last you know, hour if you want to because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah they're uh, they're a great tool, and uh, yeah, for those of us who drive responsibly, you know, I uh, I encourage everybody to have one. Yeah, you know, I hit uh, mine's got the little button to save stuff. Uh, you know, and I hate to well, I don't guess I hate to admit this. It's it's a shame that I have to say this. Uh, I hit that button probably two or three times a day because of what I've witnessed in front of me. You know, and not and you know, and me staying back and what have you, but you know, uh, just uh, you know, the way people drive. Uh, oh, I uh, I just about got to use mine on uh, Tuesday in Los Angeles, a little white Nissan changed lanes, got across five lanes of traffic and he missed me, but it can't be by much. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, I've caught um, uh, you know trucks and cars. You know, just uh, as uh, I want to quote Becky here, driving in a vacuum is what she likes to say, <laughs> and you know, not paying attention at all. And well, and and you know, we're we're all in a big hurry to go nowhere, and and for all the entry level drivers that that are tuned in tonight. You know, don't get lulled into that false sense of security with all the technology that we're embracing on this equipment. Uh, the collision avoidance, lane departure, and you know what? You still have to drive your truck. Don't let it drive you. And when you start relying on that stuff to save your bacon, uh, there's a major carrier that I used to work for that has all the latest and greatest in, in safety measures. 
and uh, you know they have one or two loss of control accidents a month just because everybody's lulled into that whole sense of security that I've got Brad, I've got the anti-jack knife, I've got this. And you know what? It's you still have to drive your truck. Yep, oh, I got the on guard on my truck. Yeah, I got the on guard on my truck. Um, first time I've had that. So when I first got in the truck, I wanted to see, you know, what it would do. So I put the cruise control on because it only works with cruise control. And I just let it do its thing. It, it was good. I mean, people would come over really close to me um, and they'd be going slower than me and it would hit its brakes, uh, the truck's brakes, and slow down. And so it, it can definitely, you know, prevent stuff. But I was like, ooh, that is scary because. If I started to rely on that and expected it to do that, and for some reason it malfunctioned and it didn't do that, ooh, that'd be bad. So, yeah, I usually beat it to the punch when it comes to uh, to hitting the brakes. But I just wanted to see what it, it could do, and it, it does work well. Sure, and, that's, and, and you're using it correctly. But you still have to drive your truck. So, yeah, don't get lulled into that false sense of security that, you know, the truck is going to save me. Melissa, how yeah. fast was well, that? Did, didn't you didn't you clock a vehicle just because mm-hmm. I know it shows you the other vehicle speed? Didn't you clock a vehicle just absolutely flying one day? I did. I was driving in Chicago, and I think it was the point in Chicago where the speed limit was like forty five or something crazy like that. And it wasn't a whole lot of traffic because it was the weekend, and somebody just comes flying by me in the left lane and came across. You know the nose. Oh, they didn't come across the nose, but you know they came across in front of me. Um, going, oh no, awfully somewhere in a hurry. And, and I looked down at my on guard and I went, wow, they were going like 95 miles an hour. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting when you see that. Well, um, Dale, since we got you on, we were going to talk about, uh, ELDs an invasion of privacy, and I know Becky has something to say about that. So I'm going to bring Becky oh, on, yeah. and you guys can talk about it. All righty. Hey, Hello. Becky, you're on. I've, been thrown, I've been thrown out of more Facebook groups over that, so I feel like an expert <laughs> on this. All right. I keep waiting. I keep, I keep like, fainting and running, fainting and running. So they've, they've not <laughs> kicked me out yet. <laughs> I'm sure I've been closed a couple of times because of the ridiculousness. And it's every a good day thing I, I see that. Go it's, ahead. it's a good thing I don't have feelings because they'd have been hurt. Because yeah, I've been I've been blocked and thrown out of more groups over stupid comments. And I tell you what, some some chick made a video for her non-trucking friends and family to explain ELD. And CBL Life actually picked it up and posted it on their page. Why, I don't know, because it was so full of inaccuracies and bull crap. She was basically saying, yeah, you know, all you business owners, you know, you work on your business, you know, and, you know, as much time as you can, well, imagine if you were told you can only work on your business uh, 14 hours a day and then you have to go to sleep. Well, I don't know where she gets this stuff, 
but number one, the ELD is no different than what you've been running. Number two, nobody says you can't work after the 14th hour. Please show me in the hours of service where you cannot work on your business after 14 hours. There's a lot of things you can do for your business after 14 hours. You can do billing. You can look at the load You can do your accounting. You can do all kinds of things. You just can't drive after 14 hours until you've had a 10-hour break. Oh, and by the way, no one says that at hour 14.01, you have to go to bed. I must have missed that in the hour. Well, uh, and uh, and let's not forget the uh, let's not forget the mandatory 34-hour restart because there's one group that wants everybody to do their restart at one particular time so we can show somebody something. But uh, <laughs> you don't have to have a mandatory recap uh, restart. You can recap your hours. In fact, I've done three back-to-back trips to California just recapping hours. So this is not the boogeyman. It's not an invasion of privacy. There, It's not an ankle bracelet. They are tracking a piece of commercial equipment. It's not tracking you personally. And, you know, when I first got mine, I sat there and I stared at it. And... Uh, I lost a lot of time because I was waiting for it to tell me to do something. <laughs> so, when I realized it wasn't going to tell me to drive, then I guess, oh, I guess i got to go to work. So, yeah, we don't... Uh, it's strictly a digital uh, copy of paper. It doesn't force you to do anything. Uh, I think I be, I'm a firm believer everybody should own grown-up underwear. And when you feel pressured and somebody's forcing you to do things, that if your ELD pulls a gun on you, just slowly back away from it and call 911, and a trooper will be more than happy to come and put it out of its misery. And if if it's telling you to do things, don't listen to the voices Put on your grown-up underwear and say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Um, well, I think you missed the part, though, about when the the 14-hour clock counts down, that when it hits zero, that the truck automatically pulls the brakes and stops. You 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 must have glossed over oh, yeah. that somewhere because I didn't hear you missed that. I, I forgot <laughs> that one. Yeah. You know, right up an intersection or on the scale, or wherever it happens to be. It doesn't matter. It's just going to pull the brakes, shut down the engine, and it's done till 10 hours later. Well, so, and my, I mean... And my my personal favorite is where I, I'm forced to speed through the construction zones. I've always found there's way too much traffic in there, and I've tried to roll my window down and tell these people to get the hell out of my way because I have to speed through this construction zone. But, you know, there's usually enough people there that... I'm stuck doing the posted speed limit. Yeah, I, you know, I, I get told. The have just been, if they would be comical if these people weren't supposed to be professionals. And you have to look and you think, 
All right. Every, all these different people are saying truckers should gain respect. But if you don't even know your own job to know the hours of service, if you, if you don't even have a clue as to what you're talking about, how can you regarded as be regarded as professional in anything? Um, but, yeah, well, it's time for some people to throw up and – yeah. They're coming. Uh, Mark, Mark, well, 18 more days. And uh, Mark Willis's uh, program today at noon, they were talking about free trip inspections. And somebody actually called in and said it's, uh, you know, it's because we have ELDs that nobody's doing free trips. Well, here's a news flash. In my 23-year law enforcement career, long before ELOGs showed up, People were not doing pre-trip inspections. And if anybody's ever heard me, that's my pet peeve, and that's what I harp on, and that's why I harp on it is, you know, people just don't do them. And don't use the ELD as an excuse as to why you're not doing a pre-trip inspection because you weren't doing it before you had to have an e-log. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it is ridiculous. Go ahead, Russ. You know, oh no, that, no, that's fine. You know, I I pay attention every morning when I'm drinking my coffee and what have you, and then even when I'm out free tripping, as to how many people I see actually pre tripping in a truck stop, and I mean in a big truck stop, <clears throat> I usually see about two to three. And I guarantee in the time that I've sit there and drank my coffee, listened to the news, kind of paid attention to what's going on outside, done my pre-trip and what have you, I would say probably 50 trucks have pulled out. And I've seen usually two or three that actually do some sort of a pre-trip inspection. It, it, well, and, it, it boggles my mind. Well, and I'm one up here, Russ, because... What I do is if I actually witness somebody doing a reasonable pre-trip, I take the unit number down and I phone that carrier and get a hold of their safety department and have a chat because this driver needs an attaboy. We're all quick to point fingers at drivers that are, that are you know, in trouble. But I'll make that phone call to the safety department and say, you know, give this guy a pat on the back and tell him it's noticed that some, he's doing his job. You know how many of those phone calls I've made this year? Let me guess, uh, less than 10. Less than five. <laughs> wow. That's sad. Yeah. It, it, it really is, and, and that just is why I harp on pre-trip inspections. Uh, when I did drop and hook, there was, you know, there'd be 15 of us at the IKEA warehouse in Lebec, and we'd all be bobtailing, and we'd all run for our trailers, and I'd back under my trailer, air it up, put my lights on, put my coveralls on, do a quick pre-trip on the trailer, come out, take my coveralls off, and cue the crickets, because I'm the only guy left. It's just me and the security guard. So, yeah. Do your pre-trips. Don't blame the e-logs. They're, all they are is a digital copy of a piece of paper 
if you were following the rules on paper, you're going to have no problem on the e-log, but if you're waiting for the last possible second, that's not a good time to get accustomed to the device, so just bite the bullet and get compliant now. You know when... Uh, yeah, I don't... What? Go ahead. I only... I only met, uh, not met, I only saw one group of drivers that could possibly have an excuse for hooking up into a trailer, not checking anything, and just leaving. And that would be Walmart. I pulled a few uh, Walmart loads uh, for about six weeks uh, a couple of years ago, just strictly Walmart. And I didn't know this, but they actually have dedicated uh, mechanics and run around their trailer yards and just constantly check and repair all the trailers that are sitting in their yards. Now, I would still walk around the trailer and check things, uh, but, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yes, yep, and, and there are carriers out there that do that, but it's, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, just everybody out there humor me and just do something. Yeah. Walk around, turn the lights on. Take the tires, you know. Yeah. When I, when I was running around in the oil field, um, the mechanics in our shop over there, if they saw me walk into the shop and it was morning time, they would hang their head because they knew I had found something wrong with the truck or trailer that I was fixing to leave out in. And they would like, you know, they were all kidding me, of course. But they were like, "Would you quit looking so hard at these trucks?" You know, and I'm, uh, you know, and like they, they would good naturedly give me a hard time. Um, but um, anyway, uh, at that yard, we had harped it so much, and of course, everybody was out there doing a pre-trip. And let me tell you what, you better be out there doing a pre-trip because if you went out there, jumped in your truck, and you took off. Somebody was going to say something to you. I guarantee you, I would have said something to you. Uh, uh, at the time, I had worked my way up to uh, – I was over there training department, and me and another guy were. And if I saw you do that, I guarantee when I got – when I found you later uh, that day, I was going to say something to you. Um, so uh, we kept the mechanics busy in that shop. And I used to give them a hard time. I said, y'all need to just thank me for your employment. Because you have job security as long as I'm here. <laughs> yep. And that's how it should be. Well, here's the thing. Boy, Dale, Dale you are trip. good. Do what? Oh, go ahead, Becky. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you don't do a pre-trip, I mean, I have had, you know, not a whole bunch of times, but several, where you pull in the truck stop at night, or even during the day I've had it. And you hit something, a bolt or a screw, as you pull in, it's not bad enough when you do your post-trip to catch it. So it slow leaks all night, and then by the time, though, you're getting ready to pull out the next morning, you've got a flat tire. Yep. I had a jumped in and left. Yeah. I had a coolant hose yeah, pop no. loose when I went inside to go eat lunch. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, these these are, uh, you know, mechanical devices, and, and they 
you know, there, there's no telling when things fail. And yeah, it's uh, we constantly have to have to keep an eye and, and a diligent eye uh, every time we walk away from our trucks. Uh, the thing that used to absolutely make me the mentalist when I did drop and hook was when I'd back up to the trailer, hook up to it, and stand on the mud flap to crank up my doll legs, crank up the landing gear, I'd stand on the mud flap that the guy before me had torn off while he was dropping that trailer. And that just made me go out into the parking lot and yell like the crazy man. So, post trips, folks. Yeah, Dale, you're good. I mean, this wasn't even our topic tonight, and yet we spend uh, almost 15 minutes talking about pre-trips, so you're really good. <laughs> I'll just back away now. Point no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Hey, but since, since we got you on and we only got a, a couple minutes left on the show, I want to talk about one more thing that is supposed to be an invasion of privacy. I want to see what you think about it. Uh, those lovely inward-facing cameras that we're seeing now. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's not really an invasion of privacy when, you know, the motor carrier puts it in there, it's his truck, and it's his equipment, they're paying you to drive it, you have to make a decision, is this a place I want to work? I know the Teamsters in Eastern Canada took Cisco to court and had the cameras removed out of the trucks. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. If I would, if that's something I would tolerate or not. Um, and that's, you know, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. It's just a matter of, you know, that's something I'm going to tolerate to work there. And only you can answer that question. Uh, certainly at night when I went to bed, there'd be a, a bag or something over that. Cause, yeah, it uh, it doesn't need to fill me in my off time. But, yeah, I don't know about that. Becky, yeah, there was a story... Yeah, Becky, tell the story no, that you, ahead, uh, you, I think you read it to me about the inward facing camera. Uh, which story are you talking about? Uh, didn't somebody get in trouble over uh, um, an inward facing oh, camera here yeah, recently? Well, I didn't read it. Uh, somebody was telling me the other day that a company driver that they knew uh, got in trouble for picking his teeth with a toothpick going down the road. Hmm? Yeah, I'd have to ask myself, well, do I want to work here or not? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I I would not want the inward-facing camera in the truck, but I, I get why the companies want them in there. Um so I, you know, just like you said, that's a that's a uh, a self decision. You, you need to ask selfie. You know, do you really want to work here? And uh, you know, if somebody wants to put an inward facing camera in my truck, I think it would be time for me to go. 
Um, but that's personal opinion. Yep. They're yeah. starting to put them in the yeah. finance truck. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know they have that. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a tough call. I'm not sure. You know, the more I think about it, yeah, I'm not sure I would be willing to tolerate that. No. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, that's I definitely uh, above and beyond. I think that's just way too. Sorry, I've got the dog squeaking the uh, toy from BarkBox back here in the background. I was wondering what that was. I was like, who is dying in the background? <laughs> uh, that day, today was BarkBox opening day, so the BarkBox cake. Uh, okay. So you might want to mute my phone. So anyway. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I can put you on hold. We're we're almost. Uh, out of time anyways. Well, and you know what, Melissa, that, that uh, brings us up to a good point that maybe, uh, I know you did a show a while ago, is the grass greener on the other side, but, you know, maybe we should talk about one of these days on, on how to go look for a job. Because the biggest problem in our industry is we get mad and we quit on emotion and we just jump ship. And... Uh, like you pointed out on your show, the grass may not always be greener on the other side. So there's uh, any time I've had a job change, it's been a six to eight month process to decide where I wanted to go to work. Yeah, we actually did a show like that uh, in the very beginning, but we could definitely do another one for sure uh, because it has been a while. And if inward, you know, these, these driver-facing cameras are uh, starting to rear their ugly head, yeah, that might be, you know, that may be a deal-breaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dale, well, thanks very much for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Don't worry, sorry, I didn't mean to take over, but I got off on a rant. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's a good topic. It's a good topic. <laughs> Okay, uh, Russ, was there anything else you wanted to add on on the whole thing before we sign off? Oh, I had myself muted. I didn't realize that. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, Dale takes, hey, come on here and rant anytime you want to because uh, I know mm-hmm. I sure rant pretty regular on here. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much all the time we have. I want to thank everybody for calling in. And I I want to end the show by actually asking a favor. We need some topics. Uh, Dale just gave us a topic. Uh, we've already done it, but it can't hurt to do it. Redoing shows is always good. But we need some new topics. What haven't we covered? What do we need to cover? What do you want us to cover? Um, send in suggestions on the Facebook page or call in when we're actually doing a live recording and, and tell Becky and she'll write it down or, or you can come on the air. Um, whatever you want to do. But, yeah, we need some topics. So please help us out with that. So appreciate everybody calling in. Appreciate everybody listening. We will talk to you next week.